Yes. And welcome Thank to you. the first ever. I haven't even introduced you yet. <laughs> You're still off. So this is the first ever podcast I've ever done in my whole life. This is the first episode. And for the record, guys, before I even introduce you, I don't want to be cancelled after my first episode because we got some, you know, really right wing uh, stuff we're going to talk about, you know, politically incorrect, which, you know, I love. So I'm here today with two of my best friends that I've gotten to know over the years. We've got Dennis. And should I, you know, rape your last name? Yes, you could try. Hajimaji. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> what? Again? And Frederick Lindstedt. So we've got a real classic Swede. We've got me as the Englishman and Bosnian. A proper immigrant. What am I? Uh, you're a finer immigrant, I think. It's really interesting, actually, you know, just to quickly go off on one <laughs> straight out of the, as we, as we say in English, straight out of the bat, straight out of the gate, is, uh, you know, with the immigration thing and immigrants, is like, uh, you know, we, we talk about the normal immigrants if we can say that and then but i am an immigrant in some capacity mm. but we're we're not classed as the same no, no. definitely not <clears throat> but so do you see me as an immigrant in sweden uh um, you're just a guest <laughs> you can be thrown out <laughs> <laughs> i don't know because oh. uh i view you through my own uh immigrant glasses mm. um so I can't re really tell. I think that's a better question for Frederick. Well, well, because he's a real Swede. Because he's a real Swede. That's yeah. really racist. <laughs> it is, but... Yeah, uh, but just to sort things out. Because uh, you're not born here, right, Dennis? No. You were born in England? Maybe. So when did you come? I came here in 2000. So d I think we also need to set the record straight for this whole podcast because it is completely new is this is recorded in sweden i am english i live in sweden i'm married to a swedish woman hence there's always going to be the discussion between like sweden england and everything but you can uh sorry didn't mean to interrupt you no oh, you didn't interrupt I just because to, to to you know my audience <coughs> is global oh, i love your audience <laughs> and these guys are swedish and love talking in english yeah. <laughs> And we're here tonight having some beers. We're going to go out later. So we're really uh, fueling the system with some real rocket fuel. Yeah. So we, we might be taking some breaks in this podcast and getting some more drinks in us. You know, it's like a car. We need to keep it uh, fueled up and it's going at full gas. Probably. But mm. uh, Frederick, will you elaborate? Yeah, but I was talking about when, uh, <coughs> when Damien came here. And uh, what about you, Dennis? I came here in <coughs> 92 um when i was about two three years old from from bosnia where did you came sorry why did, <laughs> why did you came why did you came <laughs> last night he <laughs> came. <laughs> i uh i, I came because of the the, the civil war in uh, yugoslavia it, it was a leading question yeah yeah <clears throat> so uh yeah we came uh, to sweden as Basically, as soon as the the war broke out, so we we were lucky, and my my dad had some connections, so he could have got us out um, before the shit really hit the fan. You came to Stockholm right away? No, we came to Schillingaryd, south of Sweden, 
It's like <coughs> in Norrköping area. Uh, is it uh, even further down? Yeah, it's even further down. It's uh, an old uh, military compound that they uh, shut down and made it to like a uh, immigrant facility. Uh, I think it still is, actually. Then we moved around to Katrineholm, Eskilstuna, um, before we moved to Stockholm. You said you were like two, three years old. Do you have memories from that time? No. Just, no, no memories at all. Do you say glitches? Yeah, yeah, you or say glitches. I have no glitches at all. My brother has. Uh, my brother was five years old when he when he come came here, and he has uh, he has pretty so- solid and uh, horrible memories actually. But uh, we'll we'll save that for another podcast. Yeah. No, but uh, if, if we just <coughs> jump in there slightly, is it that the is it the the memories of the the war and the tragedy that sits with him is he is it an older brother by the way yeah he's older um <clears throat> i mean he he remembers like um uh, one thing he told me that was really uh really hit me and he just told me this a couple of years ago i, n- I never knew and uh, my father had had uh, just uh, at the cusp of the war, he knew that I mean the 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 war was coming to our town as well. So he taught my brother that uh, <clears throat> if you hear this sound like it's a grenade coming. And and, and my uh, <clears throat> my grandmother had uh, bad uh, uh, she couldn't hear good. So he was he like taught my brother if that you hear that sound, get your grandmother inside the house. So, uh, <laughs> and he just like mem- rem- he told me that, like being four or five years old and being taught something like that. I mean, how do you feel when when you when you see R- Ukraine now with Russia and everything? And I and I, I have to say, I'm I'm good in parts of history, but bad in others. Um, but how do you can you can you? Well, maybe as you said, you can't really remember. Mm. because you're two years old but is there some sort of memory or similarities to the feeling or understanding of how ukraine is a feeling yeah i mean the thing i can feel the most is like history is repeating itself people have tend to have a short memory i mean this was no further away bosnia is than than ukraine is from sweden more more or less i mean Mm. it's the same distance and the same thing happened. Uh, the same thing is happening in Ukraine and in Russia as uh, it was in Bosnia and Serbia. I mean, it was like neighbors starting a war against each other. People that that just lived. Uh, I mean, to say it in Swedish, uh, throw throw off a rock. It's the cast away, and uh, a, a stones a stones throw away. A stone yeah. throw away. Yeah. yeah. From 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 living together at that distance, one day to another, to starting a war and like hating your neighbor because, <laughs> I mean, basically it says a different name on it, on his passport. Mm. It's like, uh, I mean, people turning on on each other from one day to another. I mean, that's that's the similarities I can see. Uh, Was your father forced to? Was he supposed to stay behind and? Uh, <clears throat> Yeah. Participate? Or did he run with you? Did yeah, he he went with us. But it was mandatory to stay. I don't, I really don't know if if, if it was mandatory, because um, we had no no 
no weapons. Uh, so, I mean, even if you stayed, stayed, you couldn't really protect yourself. But I'm, I, I'm, I'm glad he didn't. I mean, he had, he had friends that stayed and that came to Sweden like five, six, seven years after, and uh, their their kids were still here and growing up in Sweden without a father. I mean, and, and they were lucky also to return, but some of them had like personal motives. Someone's relatives got killed, so they felt uh, a responsibility to stay in a different way. Hmm. But I'm glad my father's responsibility was first towards his own family. And the, <clears throat> Does it ever come up in... Um conversations at home yeah all the time all the time <clears throat> i mean do they miss it do they miss home or do they feel like this is sweden no, is their home now yeah i feel i think they feel like sweden is their home but um one thing they 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 feel is like it will never change in bosnia or in serbia or in croatia mm. i mean there, there's always like friction amongst the people i don't know uh Maybe there's that's their vision of the situation. Maybe someone else feels a different way, but that's how they view it. And uh, I mean, I can feel it in my whole town in Bosnia. I don't even go there anymore. So I, I can just feel like there's three groups of people uh, that all dislike each other. I mean, you can just sense the, the poo in the air. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you told your father uh, knew some people in Sweden already. Even before the war, <coughs> yeah, uh, no, no, he didn't. Uh, uh, everyone that he met, they uh, learned learned to know, like uh, in the Im- immigrant facilities. So that's where the bond uh, with the. Yeah, I thought you said that he knew some people in Sweden, but. I uh, know uh, those people <coughs> we we he got to know in the immigrant facilities. Oh, right. So th- they came like a. Uh, uh, a mother with her children, and the the dad was left behind because it was still in the war. Mm. Do, do you know if there was uh, an uh, alternative countries, then or was it just Sweden? Yeah, you can end up end up anyway, uh, anywhere. I mean, we didn't know that we, we were gonna end up in Sweden. Uh, we have relatives in like Australia, yeah. USA, Germany, Holland, everywhere. I mean, we're all spread out, so. I mean, you you can find Bosnians everywhere. <laughs> yeah, but what, when did they choose? To yeah, it, it wasn't a choice. I mean, you just you, you, you went to the airport, or you just got on a bus and were glad you you got out alive. So you came by bus. Wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah right. So you just came by bus, and you you couldn't end up anywhere. I mean, yeah. so was just about to like get out. Just get out. Yeah. Just get out, and uh, which country receives you? You're just glad you're alive. So you just leave everything behind. I mean, animals. We had, we had had two German shepherds. My dad just released them. I mean, bear that and tie them up by the house and get them killed. <coughs> so um, yeah, but I mean, animals don't don't mean too much in war. You're just happy your relatives and friends mm-hmm. make it out. Did you, did you bring your grandmother? Did she come with you? They came. Did she come with you in that that no, moment? My grandmother and my grandfather came. I think it was like three years, three four years after us. Wow! So they they survived and they yeah yeah out. they survived wow. and they came and I, I remember the day they they came actually because then I was five six years old so I have some memories of that. Wow! What a beautiful uh, unition, being united again. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. That was nice. I mean, this is just. Uh, I mean, it's like we, we've. 
how long would you say we've known each other? I mean, we so just to put the um, whoever's listening out there to understand this this group of three guys sitting here together. We are actually five guys. Two uh, have gone AWOL. Well, we know where one of them is, Marcus Headland. Yeah. Uh, apparently, he's fully booked for November, December, and probably all through 2023. And Krim, Krim Talia, uh, if anyone sees Krim Talia out there and is listening, we're looking for him. And <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't answer. But we are five, we've become five very tight, close friends um, through a, a sport called uh, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, uh, BJJ. And uh, of course, we have a lot of banter and we sit around and we fight with each other on the mats. And we'll come back to that probably, but it's just, it's eye opening to hear some of these raw stories and uh, these stories like of your memories and your past. And then uh, you've probably discussed around kitchen table and then also, um, you know, now see the war go on. I mean, you know, for me personally, you know, the Syrian war and all that. Mm whether it's my ignorance and not really being sort of in touch enough, of course I'm very understanding what's going on, but didn't feel it was close enough. Mm. Then the Ukrainian war, when that happened, I was like, this is this is on our doorstep. Yeah. Hello, wake up. And then yeah. you telling this story, which in hindsight is not many years ago. No, it isn't. I mean, I came in in 2000. Yeah. That's not many years after you came here. And yeah. then your grandmother four years after. So that's my... Uh, and a couple of things I'm thinking is, um, you know, I don't, I, I can't really, you're going to have to really put some clarity into this, uh, but the dynamics between Serbia, Bosnia and everything else. But, but what's beautiful is uh, we have a friend at uh, the Jiu-Jitsu club, Nakadoil, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, mm. Sasha. Yeah. And he's from? He's from Serbia. And, it's beautiful to see two people from a war-stricken area, yeah. which you're just saying now is potentially they 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 hated each other. Yeah, we, I mean, if it's, you still can feel the friction, but everyone's story is probably different. You know, I think Sasha came here like uh, I don't, I don't know. He had have to correct me if I'm wrong, but I think his parents came like. Uh, <clears throat> immigrants probably like around 80s 90s early night no probably 80s uh where a lot of people from uh former yugoslavia and finland came to sweden <clears throat> that was probably the 70s and 70s and 80s because there was lack of uh, workforce in sweden mm -hmm. so uh people also from italy a lot a lot of immigrants from italy former yugoslavia and finland came here to work there were a lot of worker opportunities in in Sweden, and you could make yourself a better life. Uh, yeah, so mm. a lot of people moved here to start working. That's a funny yes. thing you mentioned there. Yeah, let's yeah. get get an understanding. It's I I mean, because it's Croatia, Serbia, and Bosnia, right? Yeah, uh, former Yugoslavia was also Sloven uh, Slovenia. Or what, yeah. what what is Hrvatska? I'm so bad yeah. at pronouncing. Yeah, yeah. but uh, uh, in terms of the uh, languages, yeah, is it the same language? Yeah, yeah. Me and Sasha like can talk. Norway and uh, Sweden. No, uh, Sl Slovenia has a different language. I mean, they the older generation can talk uh, Yugoslavian also, as it was called before. 
but if they talk their common language uh, or common tongue, I can't understand it's it. It's more like dialects. Yeah, and you have uh, you have uh, Kosovo that also was a part of Serbia before, but now is an independent state. And you have uh, Albania, you have Montenegro. Uh, do you say yeah? You say Montenegro. Yeah, yeah correct. Uh, so you have all that, those parts that were part of uh, former Yugoslavia. Yugoslavia. Maybe you say Yugoslavia. Mm, I think so. Yeah. But speaking of uh, coming to Sweden, Damien, you have your, your own story. <coughs> yeah. It's not yeah, about but, uh, war, it's about love. But but should we uh, yeah, sh- we should. should should we throw a bomb into this, uh, Dennis? Well, uh, <coughs> when was Sweden in the war? <laughs> so I represent Sweden then. Uh, Marcus, where are was you? It, was I it? need you. <laughs> Where's Marcus when uh, I need him? Uh, that's, that's a good thing. You yeah. should be glad you've never yeah. been part part of a war. I mean, well, it's a sad, sad, sad thing. Not like the British. They love to, love to fight. Well, hang on, I, I, hang on. I, I, this, I, 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 well, no, 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 I don't no. think it's uh, correct that we don't. I, I mean, we we help, help in like. What do you call this uh, science? Uh, what no. do you mean tele telecommunication systems to uh, <laughs> Germany called Ericsson? Yeah, we w- uh, we just uh, let the uh, Germans uh, bypass Sweden to go to Norway. Mm. Um, so we yeah. You're neutral, neutral country. Uh, I, I wouldn't say neutral. Mm. I mean, it's a it's. Um, It's a very uh, complex story to 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 <clears throat> to understand. I mean, you have to probably live it there and then. Yeah. But I would someone. I mean, having that's the beauty of coming from different cultures is, and and a little bit from, you know, the the the, the irony of this podcast called "I'm Right." By the way, is like uh, both in in a hu- human way, we always think we're right most of the time. A lot of people, you know, and I think it's good if you think you're right because you feel proud. Uh, but you should be open-minded to learn. But coming from different cultures, you come from your culture, Dennis. I come from mine. You have your, and every mm. every culture has its story. And but it's it feels embedded because you not only do you see it in the media or you hear it, but you you know my grandfather was in the, the World War Two. He was um, uh, a ship commander. It got you know torpedoed, and he was out on a life raft for two weeks yeah. with twelve men. I heard maybe a glorified story that he was the only man walking off the boat, or if that was just for me as a grandson <laughs> to hear that. But either way, you know, there was 10 men and he was one of them. And, you know, it's just like, so you, I came to Sweden and obviously we'll come back to that, but it's, as we're in this discussion of war, it's like, and then Sweden feels they're very right in not participating, but it's hard not to, to, to even if everyone lived in that moment, I think one thing is that war is sad and I think definitely with Ukraine we should maybe be discussing what alternatives there are for peace mm. um or what there should have been as part of peace before but you know we have to be very grateful one way or other for the lives that have been lost for the freedom we have today to sit in this office having a beer having the luxury to talk about it and being you know maybe uh, a bit opinionating Yeah, uh, because you couldn't be opinionating there, and I think I'll just finish off with this: is that you know, I, actually, my mother-in-law, she once said, a f- maybe ten years ago, and I, uh, I know that because we were in our old flat by then, 
and she was she was discussing like okay how sad and she was a bit slightly annoyed that England was having its Remembrance Day at one World War One World War Two you know when we put the coronation of the 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 poppies and everything and that the what is a poppies poppies is those red flowers uh, I mean you're you're a gardener <laughs> poppy. Poppy? I don't know. Do you know what a poppy is? The only thing... Uh, the flower with uh, red I, I flowers. Can't, I can't like to think like of <coughs> the milk of the poppy of Game of Thrones. The like opium drink. Lady. But maybe that's but not it, the same flower. But I'll just finish off saying that when she said that, and I and I, I was quick off... Uh, my tongue was quite quick then, and I, and I, but I think I hit it right, and I'm trying to remember. It's like she was like, a oh, war is like um, sad. And, and, and every war, every life lost is sad. Mm. But then... She was. A, we have to remember that the that the Britain, together with other people, but majoritively Britain, has afforded us the freedom we have today. Yeah, most definitely. Because we could be maybe sitting on when I was sitting. Uh, we, otherwise, we'd be sitting on this balcony, maybe under different circumstances under Hitler. Mm. You know. So, um, maybe another time, another date. We'll talk about Sweden's participation. I'm personally very happy. Mm. that they're joining NATO it shows that they are committed to a a a force of like okay we'll that see. there is that there is enemy mm. you know there is like we need to have a resolution that there is peace in the world and it's better to to have more people aligned that they believe that we shouldn't have war and if there is war well we're all together than to sit on the sidelines and then benefit from the freedom but um for the record super proud of Sweden love Sweden me too. But a uh, beautiful story. I want to hear more someday. <coughs> uh, someday. For the record, my, my grandmother on my... Do you hear me? Yeah, yeah I hear you. But I, I want to hear that chocolate side. voice with that big um, mic in front of your mouth. Yeah. My, my grandmother, actually, she um, immigrated from uh, Germany. Okay. Oh, my God. Yeah. When? Um, I might say... My mother is 65 in a couple of years. So, like, she's... She's now not. She's not sixty-five. You look like I'm a proper German specimen. Yeah. So I well, I'm lying. She says. I tell you what, you do. Yeah. I'm, I yeah, said you, you, there is something German. German about you. Yeah. And Italian. <laughs> but you're Italian too. Yeah. I'll stop it. Part? Now you're just. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he had Mussolini and Hitler. Uh, yeah. Hey, look, <laughs> guy. Put him in a uni- put him in a uniform yeah. and he'll be off. Uh, <laughs> no, just to. Uh, but are you? You have to. Yeah. Are you part of? Are you bit German? Yeah, I, I'm. Uh, what do you say? One third. German. Okay, cool. My mother is half German. Um, yeah. yeah, cool. Never didn't know that. Nah. Yeah. As as Damien said before. <laughs> Not so cool. <laughs> 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 but now the world knows. Yeah. Yeah, but still. So all, we're all immigrants. In a way. <laughs> Actually, I'm a, I'm a little bit mixed as well. I'm uh, yeah. not pure English. You're not English. Uh, we, we, uh, You're uh, me and uh, me and Dennis talked about this earlier because. I mean, uh, Britain is not very known for beautiful people, <laughs> right? Uh, <laughs> am, am I lying, Dennis? No, definitely <laughs> not. Trying to get some uh, people yeah. on. Your yeah. uh, but um, you're very handsome, so it oh. must be uh, something else. Probably, It's the, not your genes from uh, Britain. The milkman. Yeah. The milkman. Or the uh, postman. Son. The postman, yeah. Is it the milkman in, in uh, England? Well, first of all... I, I find it very hard to take compliments, but I'm going to take that one and, and put it. it in my pocket. Thank yeah, you. you should. Thank you. 
Now there is a there is a a, a heavy majority of ginger people there in England. <laughs> yeah, but do you disagree with us? Uh, obviously, you 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 have some people that's looking good. It's you yourself and Beck, Beckham. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I got a funny story. Yeah. Uh, Ro- okay. Rooney. Rooney looks good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. No, I got a, a funny story, and and I'm not milking this. And and I got friends to, who can back me up on this, but I used to um, the, the haircut thing. You mm-hmm. know, David Beckham has always had this. He's known for his haircuts, haircuts, and I, I haven't had anything wild like him. But I did have before he had it. Uh, of course, and I'm yeah. thinking, what do you call it before. in uh, Sweden? But anyway, it's like curtains haircut. You know, you kind of got it in the middle, and you put it to the side. You know, either side, and it's like. Is parting. Are you shaved on one side? No, not at all. It's like instead of having like like we we're, we're sitting here, we don't have anyone seeing us. But it's like you have like you have your hair predominantly to the left or right from a side parting. Yeah. yeah. But in 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 there, he had it straight down oh, the middle yeah. and mitt bena, as we say in Swedish. Oh yeah, like and, Nick Carter style, yeah. Backstreet Boys. Yeah. And you know what? Um, what Alicia? <laughs> we were guessing what my daughter Alicia. We were saying. I said, "Oh yeah, she, she." Olivia was asking me, "Do you know what uh, kind of guys Alicia likes?" Yes, uh, she likes the guys with, uh, you know, Mitty Melambianen. Mitty Melambianen. What the fuck? <laughs> and uh, for you guys who don't understand uh, Swedish, oh, well, you yeah. you can have to work that out. Yeah. But it was totally wrong. <laughs> Something between the legs. I think it sounded like. But anyway, so I had this haircut. You know, it's a proper gel in my hair and everything. And I think I was eighteen, nineteen, and. Uh, uh i was in uh, croydon in england in uh, where we used to go down i used to live in london i'm not from london and i went into this nightclub in this bar and this dj just shouts out i mean he said something like he just shouts out whoa we have uh welcome we have david beckham in the house <laughs> and i was like oh my god <laughs> so that uh so did you pick funny. up some birds that night <laughs> did you pick up some birds with my goggle eyes you know when you can't see so well after a few hours um so how long did you um but but on but i with the with the thing with the the so english people are extremely proud and i'm a proud english person um however i'm obviously divided now spending nearly coming up to more than half my life in sweden congrats still still can't speak swedish by the way that's just in for the crowd this guy only talks english I'm not angry. I'm disappointed. Go on, Damien. So Dennis being the absolutely gentleman of a guest, you know, with the beers provided for him, food, <laughs> a home. <laughs> you said be yourself. I'm being Stop a Stop playing with your mic. Looks like a penis. You look very like, <laughs> you look like you, you want to absorb that mic in your mouth. No. No. So here's the story about Damien uh, talking about how beautiful the... English people are. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. So he had to no, talk, so, he, so, he, he had to put it back on himself to think about beautiful English. So put people. it like this. Yeah. The really good looking and I would say there's n- I've never seen a good looking guy in in England. But the really good looking women. Yeah. There there's, there's only few of them. Mm. And when they stand out, they stand out. They're like amazing. Mm. Okay. But in Sweden, every the, the average is really high. So yeah. no one really stands out except for my wife, of course, you know. Obvious and mine. Mine a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> so 
So the so the, the the problem is is that the average is, is is terrible. I mean, and the thing is in England that the women they just they don't do themselves any favors. Yeah. When they open their mouth, they sound like the trash. You're having a laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they just. But why they, is that? I think they lack pride. I I just think generally. Oh, but the looks is not about pride, isn't it? Well, yeah, but it's the two things. I think how you carry yourself and how you behave yeah, of course. is is also a reflection in a certain way. At, I mean, you don't have to have the best looking Swedish woman, but majority of you f- look and uh, no, you you you're well read, and you also you take pride in yourself. You just don't get these neighborhoods or these these the way they are in England. And I'm not. I mean, each their own. I don't want to sound like a snob or anything, but they just there's no pride and they 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 don't really care about themselves. And that, I think that comes off, you know, you know, really unattractive. Mm. Um, do you think that the audience now, if if we have anyone from England or Britain listening to this, do they agree or disagree? Uh, the good-looking ones will. so it's hard hard to talk about i mean i've only been to england once so i can't really tell Uh, but for us englishmen it's like when we are going when we were teenagers yeah uh, or early 20s it's it's a sweetest thing to go like in europe to the south europe and the partying like ibiza Mm. uh magaluf yeah and napa and the Englishmen, they had this rumor. Uh, they were bald, gingers, fight, uh, fighting with everyone, mm. uh, loud. Um, mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. I yeah. mean, it's the same if you go today also like to an all-inclusive hotel like in the Canaries and you, you find pretty many English families and they're just loud and like cleaning out the all-inclusive buffet. <laughs> Like that's a typical uh, we, that's we, a that's a typical place Marcus Hedling goes. <laughs> <laughs> right now we're like we're like uh, we're butchering uh, but your mean, culture. But I mean we're sorry. <laughs> they, they, they've never been rude to me, so I can't really tell if uh, <laughs> I can. But uh, I mean, there's a, a certain people that goes to to hotels like that also. That just people that want to relax and not think about food and just enjoy their holiday. So yeah. I think that you know at the end of the day I think I I do like the how m- how many citizens do you have in England I mean it's easy for us uh, us to talk cuz we're in Sweden we're like 10 million England's a bigger re- country re- registered yeah registered, registered <laughs> don't <yeah>. get <laughs> they want to talk about that how how many are you in I, England uh, oh, I'm, I remember something around 60 million 60 but million. I I I mean we'll have to google that but it's uh, uh I think with with English people, I mean, they they still are uh, an amazing population of people that if we, and not to go back to the war, but, um, and one thing my father says is he says like, you know, for example, the Brexit thing, you know, mm. everyone was moaning, but we are survivors, we, we find a way to solve things and then we make something good of it again. And I think, you know, th- there's a lot to say about the, the drive in England of the people, um, mm. but then we have like our small talk and our you know banter I, and. I have a question. Uh, we talked uh, earlier about um, 
your neighbors in like Bosnia and Croatia and stuff. What about Scottish, Irish, yeah, uh, Wales? In there too. Um, do you? Oh my God, I'm gonna get into so much trouble. It's only the first podcast. You know, is it is it like brothers, sisters, or is it more like? Do you have uh, uh, we have in? It's a great in, question. In Sweden, we have uh, we're making jokes about Norway. Yeah, and and they are also making jokes about Sweden. Your jokes are so soft, though. Yeah, they're so polite. I don't have. Ours <laughs> are so rude. Yeah. <laughs> they're almost racist. Yeah. And when we call Welsh people, they shag they shag sheep. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh. Welsh people have been caught having sex with sheep. It's it's not it's not a joke. <laughs> and since then, they've been known as the shag sh- uh, sheep shaggers. I'm absolutely sure. It's not only the Welsh people yeah. shagging sheep. No, I mean, the, uh, there's no sheep left. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> have you not seen the? Sh- you have you not seen uh, the shame? Damien, on a- what do you want to drink? Oh yeah, I'm, I'm, guys, if you're listening, I'm sitting right by the um, the bar. bar. The bar, yeah. <laughs> we have uh, Jagermeister, Heineken, uh, and it, it's Damien that hook hook this up. I would like um, a gluten-free beer, please. Oh, don't start with <laughs> a fucking gluten-free. Uh, I can have a Heineken if you're at it. Heineken, right? Piss We're water. back in a minute. Piss water, as we say in England. Yeah, but it's a good beer. It is a good delicious beer. EPA. I think uh, that might have been my. That, I think that's gluten free. You want that? It's, do you look at the percent on that? That's seven percent. That's a seven point seven. Seven point seven for gluten free. I think. And what's your Heineken? You just because it's not gluten. I think it's IPA and not EPA because EPA is like. Did a, I say EPA? <laughs> yeah, it's like a, not EPO. That's EPO. <laughs> <laughs> you know, performance enhancing drugs. Yeah. Uh, Heineken is. 5.0. Mm. have thank you. For thank tennis. you, my kind sir. Uh, what should I have? A Jägermeister already? So Frederick's really up for tonight. I can feel it. I love yeah. it. Yeah, uh, talk about tonight. Uh, well, no, it's you. you. You're the driver of it. You, you've said, like, you've been trying to organize it. Um, I organized the booking of the um, um, restaurant. So we're trying out a new restaurant in uh, Östermalm. Let's not uh, promote it because this is a massive podcast and we need <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, we want percentage. Uh, no, but I want to try uh, something new. Uh, there's a new restaurant in Östermalm uh, in, uh, in the middle of Stockholm that's called Cantalola. Uh, it's... Cantalola? Um, Cantalola, yeah. Um, how do you say uh, Peruansked? Peruvian. Peruvian. Peruvian uh, necktie? Peruvian. Yeah, no. Nah. It is Peruvian. Is it? Yeah, it is. Pru- Peruvian um, food. Um, I think it's uh, slightly like tapas in a way. That's like more tapas. fancy. <laughs> I know you like tapas. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was a bit slow off the bat. Then uh, yeah. that's not an, that's not typical in Englishman. I'm getting rusty. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's fancy tapas, and, and they have a great bar. I, I think Damien will uh, enjoy the bar. Yeah, yeah. probably as yes. always will. I'm like the feeder of drinking. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, Damien, how this concept with your podcast works, but I feel we owe the crowd some pictures by the end of the night. I mean, I mean, definitely. Huh? Definitely. What do you say about the pictures? We owe the crowd some pictures yeah. Yeah. after this uh, brilliant podcast. Yeah. Uh, We're after okay. a good start. So We're after a good start, and we are uh, really... I'm, I'm, I mean, to be honest, and I like to be honest, that... Um, for a first podcast, 
I couldn't have thought of two better other guys than to bring on than you oh, two. Oh, thank you. Thank you. you. Know, so happy Marcus wasn't able to, <laughs> to <Yeah>. join. <laughs> We're giving uh, Marcus a really hard time now. And, I uh, think he's at uh, Ikea right now, mm. looking at furniture for his wife. Yes. Mm. They love a bit of Ikea. Yeah. Ikea? It's the best. Yeah. Times are tough. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe when he's, he's there, he's um, taking um, meatballs Bye. with yeah. him. Yeah. He loves a buy one, get one free. Yeah. Pro proper Swedish. Yeah. Shout out to Marcus, by the way, that uh, yeah. did he? Third place. Third place in, in the, the Abu Dhabi Worlds. Worlds also, yeah. Okay. Abu Dhabi Worlds Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu competition yeah. for the brown belt. Abu Dhabi World Championship, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> we got a wannabe Yo Rogan over there. Over there. Yeah. No, but it, all credit to him. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he, he's he, fucking amazing. I, I just talked to him the other day and I... I because I, I don't like compete. Um, I'm I'm super proud of him. Mm. Um, super, uh, what do you say? I'm getting motivated mm. by him. Yeah. Yeah. It's just to so actually uh, fight and do uh, competitions. Yeah. And take that time away yeah. and dedicate it. Because he started quite late in life also with jiu-jitsu. I mean, yeah. it's not the, the young man's game, really. Mm. What age was he when he started, you know? He said 57. Oh, sorry, Marcus. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think he says he started roughly the same time as me, uh, maybe six years ago. Six years I ago. I started five years ago. I think he did start before me. So as well. when you were 24 then? I, I'm mm. having one of those alcoholic beers, by the way. Uh, the Maria Stad Old Dogs. Mm. Shout out, um, Maria Stad. Sorry for interrupting. <laughs> we have to this is the worst podcast promotion ever. I'm losing it's, money here. Uh, <laughs> it's slightly less percentage, 6.9. Ah, the gluten-free is topping Do it. Do you hear this? Very nice. Very I nice. think uh, Frederick's going to get uh, Tipsy. fart drunk as his yeah. way in Swedish. <laughs> but talking about Marcus, he's a man of uh, wines. Um, Damien um, often speaks about his uh, South African wines. Mm. You want to tell the... No, I don't want to elaborate. Thank you. you don't. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing is I throw up every time I drink it. <laughs> is it because of the wine or is it because it's South African wines? Or the amount I drink. I think it's because <laughs> you're English. You don't have a off button. If you have a drink, you drink till it's uh, finished. The problem is I, 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 I don't drink so much and I don't drink very often. But when I do, I absolutely love it and I go all in. And mm -hmm. like you said, I don't have an off button. Lena says you you don't know when to stop. Yeah. yeah. But <clears> then I like, and then the problem is, is the alcohol is still like, I can keep drinking, but when I get home, that's when it starts catching up. That's the, the problem. Um, I think we are like all over the place right now. We have to like rewind and go back to Marcus. Mm -hmm. Talk about his uh, competition. Have you seen the matches? No, I haven't. I saw. Um, I saw some. I saw. I mean, he he did really well. Yeah. Um, I mean, he was against. He played his guard very well. He was very. Um, he was pretty light for the for the for the tournament. Also, mm. it was mm. like five kilograms underweight. Was that ten pounds ish? Twelve, probably. I'm not very good at all. I that. think it's like ten, twelve pounds, five kilograms. Mm. But still, that's a big advantage for for the other competitors. Mm. No, but he did amazing, and I think you know. But you said you, Frederick. Yeah. Both of you said, and we've talked about this a bit about competing. Yeah. Um, I mean, if we if we take the five of us, 
Uh, I mean, Krim, he's won European Championship gold. Yeah. And he has that competitive mindset. He doesn't compete so much. But, I mean, you two, Dennis and Frederick, I mean, you I mean, you can smash it. I mean, we, I mean, if, if, if I had your set of skills and the way you compete, I mean, I would be just smash. I'd be like, okay, I'm going to turn pro now. I mean, you two are fucking amazing. Thanks. And then you say, oh, I don't want to, I can understand like taking time from family. I can understand like, you know, uh, you know, priorities. And I, I think I respect that, but the belief in yourselves, I, I, I don't think you need to question that. I mean, when you competed, when was, when did you compete at the Nordics? Was Two that years ago? Two years ago? Mm. Uh, it's almost one two year. Years no, it's one year. One year it was the fall. It was the first time after COVID. Yeah, yeah, it has to be two years ago. Yeah, probably. Was what? it the uh, autumn or fall? Uh, <coughs> I think it was one year ago. Yeah, one year ago on the fall. Let's ask our friend Instagram. And this was um, then his first brown belt uh, competition, wasn't it? Yeah, and yours too. No, you. Uh, were I was a purple at that time. So it has to be one year yeah. ago. Yeah. Talk about your matches. I mean, I I hate competing too. I think it's uh, like Frederick said, it's so stressful. I okay. put so much pressure on myself. It feels like the whole world is watching. <laughs> when I I actually know no one cares because it's a such such a small competition. But I mean, it's it's the pressure, and I think uh, it's it doesn't give me that much that joy that I want to put that pressure on myself. I I rather be training with. Uh, with my friends and just evolving getting better uh, for me it's not like the pressure of com compete mm. it's more like if i lose okay yeah i don't want to lose uh, okay you have that mindset yeah that's that's yeah, because I, 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 I you know i don't, I don't know think why. you have any friends left if no, you lose <laughs> no but <laughs> I, I, like it's it's kind of crazy because in um in training i don't mind losing Mm. Oh, that's bullshit. Yeah. Absolute bullshit. No, Number one bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> you never want to lose. That's why you always give us such a fucking hard time. Yeah, but I, I don't think I'm... Say if I'm losing, I am get strangled out or tapping out. Mm. It's not a big thing in, in training. Yeah. Yeah, because there's nothing... I mean, you don't have to go in back home. And you feel like uh, you let yourself down or something else? Or in else? competition. Yeah. Um, I think it's a mix. Um, about what you said and uh, also about losing mm. um, but in a way after I competed I'm very proud yeah it feels amazing mm. so it's mixed feelings because mm. you won gold also you you took first place smish smish and uh, <laughs> like four submissions how many submissions there? Uh, I, I did three matches three matches uh, yeah and all submissions yeah, I think so yeah, yeah. smish <laughs> uh, shout out to Rickard Connerborn, our head coach, because uh, uh, before the um, the matches and the tournament, he um, showed us a a trip. Yeah, yeah, trip. Do you call it? Yeah, trip. yeah. Foot it's trip. A, sw a sweep. Foot trip. Yeah, it's a foot sweep trip. Yeah. Ish. Yeah. Um, and I did it in uh, two out of yeah. three matches. Yeah. Fucking incredible. Yeah. It was incredible. I wish you knew the the Japanese term. It would be so cool. Ashigarami. That's John John Danaher. There's something else. No, but and I hate that you've learned that. Yeah. I hate it. You're so good at it. You're so good at it. And now you're on to the fireman throw. But that that one he knew before. Yeah, but he's pulling it off. Yeah, he is. Now all our listeners need to get onto the jujitsu googling. Understand what we're talking about. Speaking about the jujitsu, that's how we met. 
All of us. I remember the first day I met you. Me too. I remember when our eyes connected. Yeah. When you came in the room. You were like a, a rabbit between <laughs> headlights of a car. Where do I go before I get squashed? <laughs> and you came over to me. <laughs> yeah. I was a blue belt at the time. I, I had um, trained in the different... A, a fake blue belt. You're more of a, a pub. More of a purple belt on my eyes. No, but I, I think that's uh, true in a way. Because I've started uh, jiu-jitsu pretty many years before. Mm. Before the blue belt, no. You trained... Not, uh, not before the blue belt. I, I've trained for a couple of years. I, I've been... Before I w uh, came to Naka, I've been into jiu-jitsu for like five, six years, maybe. Didn't you train in mixed martial arts first? Yeah. And submission uh, wrestling? MMA. Yeah. Started when I was like 17. Now I'm 33. So it's been quite journey, but I tried different clubs. Uh, never felt that I. What do you say? Belong. Belong. Yeah. Or uh, didn't have have my spot. Um, was that, that was that the feeling you had of yeah. being accepted, or just feeling of you not feeling I can really commit enough to this? Uh, it, it was not the like commitment or anything like this. It was it like like the. Vibe. The, the feeling, the vibe, uh, the people. Mm. Uh, it was a bit of everything. Mm. Um, not to mention any clubs, but when I came to uh, Naka, I think it was in like 2016, 17, something like that. I felt right away, this is, this is it. Yeah. This and is where I want to be. And why? Why did you yeah. feel like that? Why? Because of you, Damien. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when you started also. Because I was a purple belt and you came in and you had the biggest damn um, <laughs> cauliflower house I've seen. And like, okay, okay. Good, 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 good. You clarified that quickly. This motherfucker is going <laughs> to give me a rough time. And uh, straight away, our head coach, like, okay, Frederick, oh, the new guy <laughs> with Dennis. <laughs> I was like, yeah, first first session, first time I meet this guy. Okay, let, let's, let's clutch. Let, let's feel, feel each other out. And it was like, straight up war. And. Since that day, we've been uh, having good matches yeah. every time we, we roll. I remember when you, uh, you know, it's almost, I don't want to say like a girlfriend feeling, um, but it is like I can remember when you walked in and I remember you, you weren't like really on time. Um, and then like uh, we, Rickard was going through like just a phase of, okay, I think we were preparing for some competitions as well, he, you know, so he was trying to get us prepared for stuff. And it was ta it was all about taking down. So it was a lot of stand-up game. And I and we can come back to how I got into it. But, I mean, I was like, oh, my God, I'm too old to be, like, thrown to the ground. And, you know, I mean, you know, this this soft way of landing, you know, you know, it, it just doesn't, you know, I'm too late to learn it in some ways. And you came in and it was like, okay, single leg, double leg, and some other thing. And then you came over and I was like, God, I mean, I was just, but over, over a period of few weeks where we, we, we paired up, I was like, it just got better and better. So you're both of you. And on were this you a blue belt then? Yeah. Damien, yeah. Uh, and, and on this occasion, I was like, okay, this guy's going to make me better. Mm. And since then, I'm not being afraid of takedowns. And both of you are extremely good at taking people down. So it, it is, it's quite 
terrifying to be taken down if you haven't grown up in the, some sort of wrestling or understanding of how another human is going to take you because you everyone's used to maybe getting into a club fight or a bar fight and you know a punch is going to come yeah. but physically some man manhandling you when you feel quite a, a proud man mm. <laughs> and so on but speaking about like uh, finding jiu-jitsu mm. um rewinding i was living in the uh, Solberga it's where I grew up with my mom um and they um and then it was like MMA and jiu-jitsu was not known yeah like a, a common uh, martial art yeah and and we had uh, like a local uh, what do you say in english it's like an um premises yeah a, a local premises. premises to use yeah in a like apartment building mm So it was basically in the basement, and um, there were some guys that lived in Solberga, uh, pretty tough guys. They had um, background in gangs and stuff, mm. and they just started a Muay Thai slash MMA club mm-hmm. in this um, uh, facility. Uh, and I passed through, and there was a big um, sign outside. It's like um, Solberga MMA and something. How old were you then? Um, I think I was like 15, 16. And did you know what it was before? And I didn't know what it was because I had tried boxing. Okay. Um, when I was a bit smaller. Because uh, this was uh, right by, <coughs> we had an um, uh, youth, what do you call Ungdom Squad in English? Youth center. Youth center. So, sort of like a YMCA, yeah. would you say? Because this no. was the um, called YMC, yeah, UMC, yeah, oh. youth club okay. for for young people to yeah. find, go somewhere and keep themselves occupied with activity yeah. instead of being on the streets and doing graffiti. Yeah, yep. YMCL. I'm trying to Wh- something. YMCL. YMCL. Y YMCA. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that cool? Anyways. Um, this club, th- this new club, this new MMA club, were um, on the way to that uh, youth center, and I was, of course, wondering what what is this, um, and then I just um, knocked on the door. It was like, oh, what are you doing down here? Oh, we're doing MMA. Oh, what is that? Oh, it's like a mix uh, between Muay Thai and. Uh, Judo wrestling. Oh, that sounds cool. Can I start? Yeah, of course. O- all right. What do I need? Uh, just a shorts, t-shirt. That's all. All right. So the other day I went uh, down, and uh, I got so fucked up <laughs> <laughs> by this trainer Andreas Hesselbeck. Uh, who not is he not like? to name anyone. Yeah, not to know. No, but he's he was one of the very first uh, guys that uh, competed on a high level in Sweden, right. in MMA. Pioneer in Sweden. Yeah, uh, kind of. Mm. Um, and the the rest is history. We started from there. It was MMA. Then I started the Taibo, and then it was Jiu Jitsu. wasn't even big then. No, it was one of the guys 
he he could do one takedown. He could do one technique on the ground. Yeah, it was like the Kimura, mm. the, the rare naked, uh, the so essentials. A, yeah, the essentials. Uh, and then I started a pretty crazy martial artist called Su Shingen TSG. You trained that? Yeah. What's that? Uh, it's um, I think the origin is karate. Uh huh. Uh, but with the uh, mixed martial arts in it. Okay. So yeah. you have the original gi. Um, Do you have the pants also, or just the jacket? Yeah, yeah, the pa- uh, the the um, the whole whole thing. Yeah. And they have belts, uh, and the belts is like in karate. Mm-hmm. And when you get uh, graded, you do like uh, kata. Kata, and um, they bring in uh, in guys that are very tough and it's sparring, uh, and the teachers are looking. And if you are tough enough, get promoted. <laughs> uh, That's cool. So I took the subway uh, every week. The buses, it was in St. Eric's plant mm-hmm. uh, at that time. I think I wa- was like 19 then. I wish I had the footage. Mm. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah. Because I, I actually did uh, go one match in um, Murby. Mm-hmm. Uh, north of uh, in MMA, uh, it was more like a submission wrestling uh, kind of match. All right. Um, Did they call the, it the tournament? That was when 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 I started with the Tsushingen, It was very much like jujitsu on the ground. So that's where I picked up uh, the ground game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I find um, found um, a jujitsu club in um, Nybrohov, and actually it was Valdo's club. Uh, it was one one of his very first clubs. Mm. Um, yeah. Oh. <coughs> obviously, you know, talking about Valdo, Valdo yeah. Zapata. Um, when you mention his name, uh, not to get morbid, or I, I don't think he would like us to feel down, but I, I think, you know, uh, pay him respects. Um, I wasn't a close friend of him, unfortunately. I would have loved to have had more time with him. Um, the time I had spent with him with a, on a very minimal level was amazing. Um, and unfortunately, he passed away. I think it was last week and today, which is the... What is the day today? Is it the 18th? 18th. Uh, 18th of November 2022, he, he had his funeral. And his beautiful family held a very beautiful funeral, Louise and his kids. Uh, but extremely generous. And But he's a, he was a big part of the jiu-jitsu community. And uh, the turnout at the funeral was unbelievable. But it's, uh, it's not often you come across someone who says, uh, you know, you, you hear of these wisdom people. But he really did strike home a lot of wisdom that you just were in awe of just listening. And uh, so it's a... Uh, it's quite humbling to sit here today with you guys and uh, talk about jiu-jitsu. Yeah. And, um, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's a legend in our world. Yeah, and I is. think he's a legend to everyone in a greater world because, yeah. I mean, abroad he's got a lot of uh, condolences to his family mm. and stuff. But, I mean, the fact that he physically lived here and I, I live in this area in Stockholm and he was on, the first time I met him was when he was on daddy leave. And mm. uh, I just I knew of him because... 
uh, I've seen it for photographs, but Alicia and Olivia, my daughters, were training jiu-jitsu, the, the sports jiu-jitsu, the kick, fight, the kick and punching, and then some ground game, because I had enrolled them at the Nakadoya because I wanted them to learn self-defense, you know, look after themselves, yeah. make girls strong. Very important. I think we have to be grateful for those people. Mm. Um, so I met him. I met him here, and uh, and then you know I don't know if I really introduced myself, but uh, I I then uh, I think a, a year later I started, and then I, I've been on some seminars he's held. I've been to his club, and he's been at uh, Nakadoya, and uh, just uh, and I <laughs> one surreal thing I, I I knew today, which I I, I really had no idea of whether it was mentioned to me or not uh, before was first of all he's same age as me 46 mm. he's born literally within one day one month before me mm. um and that was just like oh jesus and then like his his, his poor family crying at the funeral today and uh, seeing the and when, when the kids said you know papa in uh, daddy in uh, swedish i was like okay yeah Horrible. But a, a really lovely guy. I think he wants us to live on. He, uh, the, uh, as I understood in the the speech, that the um, that the person that whoever held it, uh, it really uh, said that he doesn't want us to live on in uh, in uh, pain, but also live on in his memory, remember him, and also live on with our dreams. Yeah. Uh, so. Speaking of him, he was uh, the reason. Huh. The reason I started Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu because wow. uh, <laughs> he, he probably didn't know that, but I trained mixed martial arts under uh, Waldo uh, when I started at Nakadoyo. It was him and uh, Martin Liedberg, which is uh, who is a Olympic uh, Swedish wrestler. So you came to Naka for MMA? Yeah, I came yeah. to Naka for MMA and trained <laughs> with Waldo. And then I trained MMA for a couple of years before Valdo started his own academy, uh, SPR. What was this? I don't know, actually. Yeah, it has to be like... Early... I started jiu-jitsu February... What is it? 2016. All right. Swiss? Yeah, so I trained... Uh, MMA with Waldo I th- it has to be like 2014 and 2015 and when he sw- uh, started his own academy he left Naka so I didn't have anything to train so uh, then uh, someone said had you tried jiu-jitsu uh, no well, okay I'll try one session and then I got hooked so how long did you do MMA uh, I started MMA has to be 10 years ago at a academy in uh, Haninge called Vega Fighter Center. Uh, it wasn't the highest level, but we had a we had a purple belt from Tirasa, uh, uh, like with the jiu-jitsu. Yeah, the concrete club. Yeah, the concrete club. Yeah, and then we had uh, a guy called Robin from uh, that moved back from uh, Australia yep. that was competing professionally. So he was the MMA coach, and uh, then we had a, a Muay Thai coach. So we had like a pretty good setup there, and we have a, had a cage and everything. Yeah. But that uh, club, uh, so the, the MMA coach left after one year, and the Muay Thai coach left after one, like 18 months, and the, the Jiu-Jitsu coach also left 
around that same area. So it was basically just the owner left, and he was like a old time uh, Greco Roman. So the only thing he thought is every session was like uh, the Mara. It's like um, hip throw. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like but every session the same thing. <clears throat> so I was like, oh, I, I can't really do this. Let's speak. I've mean, I, I never seen you do that on me. I'm sure that. I have to uh, <laughs> ask you something about Valdo and uh, Lead Barry. What a duo. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. That was an awesome duo. I mean, Valdo had, had he had a, like a so special way of teaching. So somehow so, like pedagogic. Uh, do you say pedagogic? Pedagogic. Pedagogic is a Swedish word. Pedagogisk. Man. Yeah, don't repeat it because it will mix my pedagogisk. Pedag- hey, that's Swedish. Pedagogic. How do you Godic. say? Godic. How do you, how, uh, how 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 do you interpret that to English? He was very good at teaching. Yeah, but I mean, he, I, he he didn't teach you like um it, or me. I I, I yeah. didn't see him teaching me like a um like a football coach or a typical jujitsu coach. He explained techniques like a teacher it was school so, it was so clear yeah, yeah. the mean, reason behind the technique yeah. and why you had to do this and, it, and his passion yeah he broke it down you know yeah. and uh, it resonated in a different way um, yeah it was, it was awesome so That's they uh did they have the class um, uh, together or was it no uh, so so valdo separate held it Thursdays and like Saturdays, I think, and Lead Barry only did the the Thursdays. Lead Barry, uh, he made you pay. Oh man, man, those his sessions were brutal. Uh, yeah, he, so he we, was more like the physical. Yeah, physical and also like wrestling techniques. He yeah. he, he taught us like suplexes and yeah. uh, all kind of throws. I mean, it was it was really hard yeah. training sessions. It was like basically the only training sessions where I threw up. It was his because he always made us finish like with 15, 15 minutes of physical training. So it was, it was rigorous. Um, yeah, but that was a great duo. Did you have buckets to throw up? In? <laughs> no, no, we had to run out to the toilet. And was that okay? It was okay, <laughs> but we had to make it quick and be back on the mat because uh, yeah, it was from a different type of school. Mm. Nah. Oh. Damien, you're from, uh, you did some ballet. Ballet? Days. Yeah. Yes, yes. That's did why you, you do can't ballet? do the splits. I didn't do ballet. <laughs> yeah. But to going back to a little bit on the, the I think what's interesting is uh, going back to the um, the competition feeling. Um, <clears throat> you're, you're all about the competition with your background in cycling. Yeah, I, I think, you know, I, I couldn't agree with you two more about the pressure. Um, however, there is a part of me that also thinks to myself, well, you know, the effort it takes of a club to put something together. And uh, I, I in my, and this is nothing as you two, is like, okay, the least I can do is put myself forward. Yeah. <laughs> like sacrifice the lamb kind of style. However, the pressure I put on myself, it, or the expectation is that I think I'm going to be better than the next not that guy but it is like like you said dennis the sometimes the reward is not as much as all the the the, the energy that goes into it but um i would say that you know after my years of i mean i i competed cycling at i would say a very high level 
Um, definitely not at a pro level. I, I tapped into the elite level. Uh, What's the difference about, uh, about elite and pro? That's when For me, it's the same. You I start mean. with EPO when you go pro. <laughs> All right. I think that's the difference. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I think, you know. I, I was I have always thought about like the EPO stuff. With Damien? He's, he's like fucking, you know, the statue you see in the town? Greek god. Yeah, Greek mm. god. That's, mm. that's Damien. Mm. Yeah. No, but I think the um uh where were we the, the Greek god the, with the a cycling small penis. the cy- <laughs> the cycling took so many years from me. Uh so many weekends away from the family and uh around people that you would in cycling you you're part of a team as much as it's an individual sport. Um and you put everything on the line for like say a race which can take several hours and i think i was a late starter in cycling uh because of some history with my family and stuff in the, when i lived in england but you know I, i felt like that i've got that out of my system so there's not in me to like having to compete now however i still like the the loyalty of 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 of, of uh you know competing because our club there but they the 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 thought of like what i've decided and what i understood very late on and, and it comes down to you two is that and what we really experienced when we all competed the five of us no no crim didn't compete um last was that it it's a very it was very very hard for me to feel happy for another person and i think we all say we do but it's it's bullshit i think there's a lot of people out there who often and i don't know the right way to put this but often have a little bit of a satisfaction that it didn't work out when something yeah. goes wrong for someone jealousy yeah i don't want to call it jealousy yeah, i think it's just like it's it. it it's almost like sometimes that that guy's got everything or that woman's got everything you know they got the car they got the, and okay they're having a bit of a tough time uh, i told you so mm. and i think that's um and 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 so to feel happy for someone and i'm not saying i've never relished on the thought of someone's unhappiness but i haven't also really felt the wow factor of feeling happy for someone's success it's just part of life you know i'm not i'm definitely not happy for people whether you know if they okay got a promotion it's it's, it's that's just not in my world it's just i don't put that in value it's just that's just what life is you're part of a system but there was only over my i started cycling when i was when i was 13 and i i i can't remember when i finished so it was like i i did it for 20 odd years but the the thing was that when there was only probably after all those time all those years there was only two people i really felt really happy for all that i could commit and race for and sacrifice myself And that's when I decided like I can't go any more on any more training rides. I can't go on any more like um like international like going abroad and um and going on these one week training camps. Um because I'm not surrounding myself by people that mean something to me and I think that's a a a, a sort of a philosophy or policy I've lived by today is and I, I know there's a lot of books about it is that uh 
you should surround yourself with three to five people that would do anything for you mm. without question. Are you fucked up now? Well, I've got one one person that sits here would drop everything, so that's good. <laughs> but in but then when I came into jiu-jitsu and and like you, Frederick, when you when you, I was very my daughters have started. I've been kind of like, hmm, I really want to try this. But I thought, am I really finished with cycling? I came to this and I thought, one day I'm going to try this. And I have a very addictive personality. So I, one day I started and then I just, I was in love with it. And that was because of uh, the club. Nakadoya was yeah. very, very welcoming. welcoming. I was worried about the whole um, testosterone man thing. I'm, I'm probably am a little bit, if I'm going to be very transparent here, I'm a very proud man, and also want to hold my own. Uh, you know, I, you know, I, I have a lot of pride, and um, but quickly did I understand that how good these people were. Everyone on the mat was happy to see you every time you turned up. Every time, and I, if I can recommend anyone to try ju yeah. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, every time I turned up, there was a smiling face. Yeah. Similarities to cycling was when you're on a bike, most people had nice bikes. That's what we do. We, 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 in Sweden, we're quite fortunate to spend money and uh, we all had nice bikes. But at the end of the day, you didn't know if you were next to a bricklayer or a, a lawyer or an investor or uh, someone who worked at IKEA. It didn't matter. It was what they did on the bike. And it's the same thing on the, on the mats. All right. How you are on the mats is what you are representing but the thing is you couldn't get close you spend five six hours on the bike with a person small talk you don't know the person mm. i got to know people on the mats within the, like one month yeah. mm. and everyone was genuine to know you and i think it's the best sport i've ever ever done and my coming to the crescendo of this point is that when i see you two compete and the feeling i got when you won it's just an out-of-body experience that it sounds weird to someone listening who hasn't experienced it. But to feel that happiness for someone else's success, where myself, I'm very interested in my success. I'm very interested in me winning. Obviously, we're not competing next to each other, but I'm very, you know, I, I like to, in my family, feel proud. But the, the feeling of you two winning, I think you should also take with you that that people want to see you compete because they think you are amazing at what you do on the mats in, in jiu-jitsu. And that's also something that why we encourage you to compete, you know. It was a special day also because we competed as friends together. Mm. We prepared together. We trained together. We and pushed each other. Um, it's Naka's own, uh, own um, competition. Yeah. It was very special. Yeah. I mean... And uh, uh, I've been train uh, doing the that same competition earlier also, but by myself, by myself. Yeah. So it wasn't the same thing. I mean, even if you had like friends and teammates that were cheering you on, it yeah. wasn't the same feeling like us four training together for the, the like the same reason we're going to compete on the same day. Yeah. And then we celebrated afterwards. And we celebrated. I mean, it was yeah. such a good day. Yeah. So it made uh, it made. Uh, I think it's it made you made made me wanna like win for 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 you guys also. So mm. so the night turned like uh, we're gonna celebrate together. I wanna win too. You heard us uh, share. 
Yeah, definitely. And I can like localize your I tears. I remembered it, it was uh, I, I saw your bracket. Mm. And, and and the bracket is uh, the people you are going to compete with. Um and then it had this uh Brazilian guy from uh, a very known club in Stockholm. Um and we were like, oh shit, this is going to be tough. Who is this Brazilian because I I just imagined in my head is like oh, this is a Brazilian from the favela <laughs> coming to Sweden for uh, success. Mm. Uh, and you just oh, you went through him, smash. Yeah, you smashed I, him. I really I really comes up. Do you remember this? I remembered, and yeah. I thought, oh shit. Dennis is gonna get it coming to him to this time. Yeah. <laughs> and then you yeah, just took yeah, him. You yeah. just I was like, oh, yeah. oh, this is really going to Dennis this time. And, and that's a that's so fucking cool. Mm. I mean our our in our heads it was like, oh, maybe this is it for Dennis. which is crazy because you're so fucking good. Uh and you just went through him like nothing. Mm. Yeah. Thanks, no, but the the thing is that make me luck. we've talked a lot about jujitsu. We'll probably we'll, this is not going to be the the last time we get to meet. I hope. I hope so too. You hope so. You hope. <laughs> you hope so. This is the last time we meet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've had. I'm glad you said <laughs> it. I've had enough of yeah. you. Yeah, your yeah. bullshit. Uh, nah, this no, but fun. actually, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm super pissed, over overwhelmed about mm -hmm. this. This is not what I have expected. Mm. I, actually, I didn't expect anything because I was. I just knew this uh, about two hours ago. Mm. Uh, you it's knew it before. Yeah, this. I knew. But I it, knew it, you, it, you, it you came talked about the podcast for a while, but just um, it, it feels like we got uh, just thrown in it, mm. thrown in it, thrown uh, in the deep end, as we say in English. Yeah. Anyways, new topic. No, I think we can I don't we don't need topics. Eh? We don't need topics, no. but uh I think uh, everyone I, can't relate to jiu-jitsu. No. no. But I think it's it's a foundation for our relationship which I think um I um I love about you too and I love about uh Krim and Marcus who are not here today. Um Shame. and that is um I see in today's society, we can talk about another, this is another day for another podcast about man, woman, and all this business. But I think. What is a man? <laughs> yeah. What is if anyone's woman? watched, what is a woman? I, I haven't. That, that, uh, Frederick, I, I, I don't want to be cancelled. This is my first it's podcast. You cancelling me. Yeah. But I'm anyway, the but this any is always right. <laughs> well, what I, what I think is, uh, what I, what I love about you, us, uh, five, but we're three here today, is that we are, we have a sport we love, which is very masculine in a lot of ways. There is a women in the sport as well, which is great, but there is traditionally a lot of testosterone. There is a lot of, uh, you know, pride and there's a lot of um, ego. And I think, What's beautiful with our relationship is that we put it aside, but what I have lacked and coming back to feeling before we took a break was what I felt like 
the, the feeling of feeling happy for other people and feeling extremely happy for you two and your success is that we are com we are we have the ability to be concerned about each other's feelings mm. and i've missed that as a as a man and that we don't have to we can see which way this conversation goes but as a man I mean, my, and I'm not saying this because obviously my wife will listen to this, but she has been an incredible, without me realizing over the 22 years we've been married, is that, of course, I've probably been like a magnet where you don't, the opposites, you know, the, the, the same sides kind of push off each other, that I really realize she's made me a better version of myself and that hopefully I can be a softer person as well, um, is that, I really do like talking about emotions. I generally do. And finding other men to embrace that is quite hard. And if if we go back to the English thing, English men don't want to talk about that. They want to be they kind of kind of want to be the not the tough guy. The man's man. They no, not the man's man. They kind of they just uh, I mean my my brain is in Swedish and English, but it's basically they joke aside they they put it to a side yeah. they joke about it or they they make some uh, vulgar innuendo about another pan's another person's sex you know mm. you know that you must be like x y z but what I love about you two is that you when we we can have a lot of jokes a lot of laughs and at the same time you you have extreme consideration for another person i think it's amazing and i'm just saying that tapping into the emotions of another person especially men today where it's not traditionally a sort of like we, we were supposed to be the tough guys you mm. know we're the hunter survivors and, and i still believe we are we should be the protectors of the family i i'm a, in that conservative way i believe we are we are we should be the protectors of our family mm. that's another story but I wonder if like when talking to you two, which we haven't spent time like this, is is what do you feel like are your vulnerabilities that you feel you know you don't get enough support around at home or in life or you feel is a challenge to discuss? I mean, I have mine as well, you know, which I feel okay, I want to be strong, but I at the same time I'm you know, there is this facade I put on mm. in order for myself or other people. Mm. As you say in Swedish, de gobranu. Mm. Oh, it's going well. Yeah, but I'm, jugg I'm juggling a lot of balls at the same time. Yeah. How do you feel, Dennis? What is your... <clears throat> so what, what is his qu question? The question is, is like, you know, how how does a man who wants to be a strong provider, a protector also show his vulnerability i think that's the question how can we find that balance because i've only in the last few years been able to open up to my wife lena and just share and f i mean she's always we've always been on the same team but i don't want to feel weak to her i mm. want to be strong mm. i don't know um uh, i've always been kind of soft in that way that i talk i don't know if you call it soft but to talk about my emotions uh, I just remember like the first time I met you guys off the mat and it, it, there were, was a lot of emotional talking and uh, 
and even the first time I met you, I mean, we talked in, uh, in the sauna and we both were pressured with, with life and children and uh, stress, work. You always want to like achieve something greater all the time and you put pressure on yourself uh, as you as you say but i've been fortunate that my father always talked with me about emotions so that you always should um, show your emotions i mean it's, it's easier to cry if you're sad than hold it in it's easier to talk with with a friend about it and tell him how you feel instead of bottling it up inside of yourself and becoming angry so I don't know, for me, it's kind of natural to talk about my emotions because I've had that relationship with my father that he always have talked about his uh, his feelings with me. But um, yeah, I mean, for me, for me, it's it's not a hard thing. I, I, I don't know how uh, other men feel about it, but I'm, I'm, I'm very, that, that kind of, I'm, I'm absolutely... I mean, happy for you, but I'm so surprised having the the history that your father has. Yeah, uh, that he. I mean, what a great man that he's been able to have that sensitive, soft side. Because I, I wouldn't when you before you even said that, I wouldn't have even <clears throat> imagined it. Yeah, my, my my father's a very special, strong human being, but and and he's. I mean, just just things that life lessons that he told me when I was growing up. Like one thing that resonated with me that I thought was extremely important to tell my children. One day he just told me, like, I don't know where where we were, but he just told me, whatever it is, if you're homosexual, if you're a drug addict, if you're abusing alcohol, if you're having a problem with the law. You can always tell me. I'll never be mad. Mm. You can always come back to me. It was like from nowhere, right? and I, I remember it like yesterday. So like when when like when a father talks to you in that fashion, it like it stays with you for life. What a beautiful father! Yeah, he's great. Yeah. I think it, it. I don't want to get onto this debate about man and woman, but we have different roles, but. It, we always reflect that the woman is the one who has empathy, who's compassionate, who's sensitive, is the one who can show love, talk feelings. Mm. But I think when a man can do it in a compassionate, genuine way, I think it carries volumes. And I think that's mm. that's the one thing I find with you too is when I spend time with you is that I know have the, I have that balance that you you can joke like mad with me. Mm. You can take and not many people can make fun of me, and I think. There's nothing serious behind that. They actually, that's love. That's actually, they really love me. Mm. Uh, whereas in England, you think, well, many a true thing said in joke that we say. So it's like, okay, yeah. what do you actually mean by that? Yeah. And I think your dad having that, having at those calluses we saw as, as you have in your hands when you do weightlifting, mm. you build up hard skin that he can say that. I mean, I'm. we can talk about my father, I don't know, now or later, but hmm. I think he's a bit above that. He's risen above that and, and has he, the fact that he can talk to you in that manner about those topics mm. is uh, is very Marketable. special. What about you, Frederick? Uh, speaking of family, um, my father was a 
opposite. He, uh, I could say he abandoned us uh, when we were like 10, I was even earlier, eight years old, something like that. Um, he's an alcoholic. He's um, right from the start when he met my mother, he um, hide the, the alcohol in the home and make up stories about uh, going to pick up the newspaper and uh, all that. And uh, so many times he promised promises us, me and my two brothers, I have a twin and I have an older brother, um, simple things like vacation. Oh, we're going to West Coast, and which is like the West Coast of Sweden. Uh, I remember we were at my uh, grandmother's uh, apartment in Södermalm in Sweden, or in Stockholm. And he was like, oh, I'm picking you up on Friday. We're going at um, 8 o'clock in the morning. Never showed up. Mm. Same story. Then? Same story every time. Uh, how old we are? Yeah. Uh, probably like, I'm a, from like 8 mm. up to the teenage teenage years uh and alongside we had a very strong mother um who uh, i mean in her position at the time she needed uh, her time for her own she had three like very energetic uh, boys um so sh- she was drained with energy, so she needed the time that we had with our dad, that we should have. Uh, so we had this, we were at our mom's, uh, I think it was like two weeks, and then we had a weekend with the f- our dad, and then we went back to our mother. So he, he only got the weekends with us, every two weekends. And he never showed up. Mm-hmm. And when we were with him, he was never there. And he never talked about the feelings and stuff like that. He was very angry, uh, a lot of emotions. He w- he, he de- never d- uh, did lay the hands on us. Mm-hmm. He's very aggressive, mm-hmm. like a psychological way. Um, and the, the love of his life was alcohol, mm-hmm. right? And we were just like, oh, I have kids, but I don't fucking care. Mm. Um, so I'm glad that, that we had our mother, this super strong woman. But he, she suffered a lot because of him. Um, so, uh, but, but again, what was the question? No, but I think you're answering it in, no. in some ways is that it's, it's not really a question. No, uh, there's, no qu- there's no question, for it, but it's more the... The ability for yeah. men to be open yeah. about their feelings. And, and the thing is, uh, talking about feelings, I, I think me and my brothers, I'm talking, I'm speaking for them right now, uh, we're holding on to feelings. Mm. I have, I think I, I needed, need to get the release of mm. um, the feelings that I have because of my father. You still, still feel it inside you? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, but in what, a way, what, what what do you feel? Do you feel um, 
disappointment, of course. But it's laid the foundation for me as a parent now, because I have two kids on my own, and I know how not to be. Mm, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah. The problem is, is when you become a parent, is that it sounds like we all have a story, um, and that you. Instead of having a complete family, mm. I mean, well, you actually, Dennis, I actually take that back. Actually, it sounds like you have a perfect family. I don't. We haven't talked about your mother, so I don't know that side. But let's take you for example, Frederick. Yeah. And I can resonate with what you're saying. Is that you end up finding your own journey with your children, mm. but you you wish you'd been taught a yeah. way that you could just follow on from. Yeah, but the the, the fucked up thing is, as a child. You're very like, um, how do you say it in English? Um, forgiving, mm. oh. right? You always think you want to see you're very manipulated. Yeah, because I, I when I now that I'm I'm grown up, I can like um, process. Yeah, process it, because in a way he he paid his like love for us, because he. He had his own company that he, he did pretty well. He always ha- had the money. So it was easy for him to just like pay it off. Like say, oh, here you got 500. Mm. Go w- go to do whatever you want. You can buy some candy food or whatever. Mm. Like just not to be with us. Yeah. Mm. Um, what is uh, your relation today? Uh, with him? Mm. Um, I would say... Zero to none. Do you see him? No. Nope. Do you feel like you want actually, to expose, the, I actually expose the children to him? Again? Do you feel like you want to expose the children to him? Uh, they are asking about him. Have they uh, met him? Uh, no. Yeah, uh, yeah. my uh, oldest one, Vilma, she uh, met him briefly once. Do you uh, feel protective? Yeah, but the but thing is, I, I actually called him uh, the other day when it was the Father's Day crazy as I am mm-hmm. uh, eventually he's, he's my father yeah right because he's been through hell as well he's uh, grown up has been oh, awful yeah uh, when he was 17 he, she, he was kicked out of his home he was uh, bu- um, had the abusive father mm-hmm. so um, and the mother that didn't say anything about it uh so he 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 have been tr- through hell, so I think that's the foundation of who he is today. Taking it back to like jujitsu and the first time I met Frederick on the mat as a blue belt with the huge cauliflower ears. <laughs> I mean, you you like discriminate people and you make up your own assumption of a person. And uh, when I saw Frederick, like this is a Rats. Swedish guy with uh, a perfect family and. Uh, stable foundation the foundation and just a solid like mm. background and then after a couple of years when i get, got to know you better and you told me this story i was like man you don't really know shit about anyone yeah. i mean everyone show up shows up in a gi and it's washed and one can be uh <laughs> you can be basically uh 
homeless person, but you, <laughs> someone else can be a CEO of a huge uh, company, and you just make your assumption now on uh, how a person is. So it's. I, I, I admire. I, I, imagine, I, I, imagine having your both parents yeah. being like this. Yeah. I had a fortune that my mother wasn't. Yeah. Uh, and my brother as well. She's strong. Your mother. Yeah. I um. You have the similar. If you want to go into that, I find it very hard to talk about. Yeah. Everyone has a story, and yeah. I'm. Uh, I, I have my story that's very close to me. That, um, that I I thought actually one day I'm going to um, just record my my life, my story. Um, but it's me, you know, you, Frederick, Dennis, you have yours. Um, but trying to put it in, compact it a little bit. Um, uh, I get very sensitive about it, but uh, I. I Let's put it like this, and I've always sort of summarized like this. Before I was 13, I can't remember anything. I don't know what happened. I, I have no memory of anything past before 13 years old. And that's, I don't know if my brain has locked it out. I, I can't remember one family dinner together. I, 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 you know, it's just, and my mother left me and us uh, when I was 13, 14, and I've never ever seen or spoken to her since. Mm. However, I absolutely adore and love my father, but he beat me mm. all the time. Mm. Now, he would not see it that way. He would see it as like a punishment because that's what you did in those days. Yeah. But the punishment I got, I couldn't even, even inflict... I don't know. I couldn't even put a percent, like a zero 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 point one percent on my children. That I give you a scenario, and I'm not here to throw my father under the bus, but it's it's this reverse psychology feeling you were talking about that you love them despite what they do to you as your small child. You're very manipulative. My mother was very manipulative, but my father would like work all the time. He was an accountant, very successful in our in our area. My mum was a home mum and then she would put me in my room and she would, I would be there until my father would come home and then my, she would say that I've done something wrong. It would be very minuscule. It would be, I mean, in my perspective now, but in those days, everything was massive, what you did wrong as a kid. And those footsteps coming up the stairs, it was, it was a fucking nightmare. And, you know, he bent me over backwards, pulled my pants down, took off his leather belt, his leather slippers, and and I just peed the pan. I peed the 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 bed. Mm. So the fact that I'm saying this on a podcast for the first time, you know, I peed myself, and he hit me so fucking hard. Mm. And I remember when I got to in school, we were in those days. This is before Sweden, really. <laughs> this is like probably 18th century for Sweden. I'm not, I'm just joking. Maybe two generations ago, we were still hit at school by teachers. Yeah. I was caned by horse whips with a teacher. And because I was told off, my father saw my uh, black marks on my bum when I had a had a bath. I remember this. I then got beaten by him for being bad at school. Mm. But I, I mean, however, he is the person in my life today. My mother is no longer around. And but it's just like we talked earlier. Like I outgrew my father when I was eighteen. I, you know, he he feels like he's wise. He feels he's the wisdom. 
and he does have some good things but i outgrew him very quickly and had to live my own life and uh, having children and having lena as my wife i made many mistakes with her which could have been so much more so much easier having a good upbringing i think you know i'm just very grateful that i have my kids today i've been married 22 years absolutely in love with my wife and uh uh, but the journey it takes to get there because of this. But I'm the last thing I want to add, and and it's is a, I'm a huge what you said about your father and understanding is my father also had a a, a background where he had no father around. That's a that's a great uh, in all stories. That's a great story by the way. His background. Everyone is accountable for their actions. Yeah. Of course. So yeah. I can't, you know, when you talked about like, oh, you, you you have to understand or, you know, you know how good you got it. Mm. Yeah, but I'm accountable if I physically go in a room and I've had this conversation with my father and he says, well, you didn't turn out too bad. Mm. I mean, for fuck's sake, come yeah. on now. Yeah. So I, I think you knew physically if my, if Lena told me Alicia or Olivia have done X or Y wrong and they're in their room, you go and sort them out. I physically came home from my day of work put my child over my bed, took my slipper off of my belt and beat the shit out. I mean, beat the shit out of the kid till you're like, you're falling on the floor because you can't stand up anymore because your legs are gone. Where does the brain, don't tell me that England, that's the way it was in those days. That's absolute bullshit. It's another human person. It's a weak, uh, vulnerable person. And we're here to create a society that stability and strength and especially with girls as well you want to create and boys yeah. make boys feel that they don't have to be violent yeah uh, i have a story about my father he, he talked a lot about his father uh, my grandfather uh, that i never met because he took his own life uh, but my father and his uh, sister as what, what you were speaking about damien he could have been. It could be a dinner. They, they um, in Sweden we have um, a dinner. What do you call it? Course. Course. That's called the uh, palpbröd. Um, that's um, like a appetizer, like bread yeah, with the meat it, in it. It's not very like delightful. Um, and my father hated it. He, he really hated it. He was like very struggling to get it in. And his father was like, you, you, if you don't eat it, you know what's going to happen. Um, and he just couldn't. He just couldn't eat it because he, he, he was like, I'm going to throw up because he didn't like it. And, and afterwards, uh, he beat the shit out of him. And and that day, uh, my father, he promised himself when I'm going to get big and um, like a teenager, I'm going to I'm gonna kill him. I'm going to kill my father. Mm. Um, and as you said, it was a belt and, and everything. And his mother couldn't do anything. Um, and the years went on. And um, and one day he was like, oh, "This is the day. I'm I'm gonna gonna fucking tear him down." 
and he got home he had been out with his friends uh, and his father at the time he was in, in the living room and was just he went right to him I'm, I'm gonna fucking kill you and then he beat the shit out of him on his own father mm. he beat him bloody and after that day he didn't lay a hand on the, my father um I don't know if he felt good about it, but it was like revenge. Mm. Um, how do you relate to that? I mean, it's just, um, it was obviously very sad. But, you know, if we just take a step back for a moment, and I always believe, you know, we're, we're wild animals. We were, yeah. we were part of nature. We've created this physical desire to buy cars and property and stuff but they're really we, we we're cavemen yeah and if you look at lions there is lions that beat down on their kids mm. and then eventually that's why the lion male lion pushes the male at the the, the upgrowing son away quickly mm. and i mean and if you treat someone bad they're gonna they're gonna come back um yeah and how were you dennis was yours was it balance at home not I a mean, violent home anyway yeah, my my father was never violent. My uh, my mother could physically punish me. It happened. I can't say it was uh, anywhere close to to Damien's story. I'm glad. I'm glad it wasn't. But uh, yeah, no, my father was never never physical. I'm speechless. I mean, it's so hard to to hear you guys talk about your 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 fathers and mother, Damien, uh, and I'm so like glad to hear that Frederick had had a strong mother. And just imagine, like, I can just imagine myself having two daughters, like stepping up to the to the plate, like Frederick's mother did, and raising three boys by yourself i mean it takes it takes a strong strong person to do something like that i mean and it's it's so easy to like when you meet someone you you say that they're a bad person or they're they're rude or whatever you don't you don't know what people have lived through really no, no you can never know and you just make assumptions so that's what that's what I take from hearing your your guys' uh, stories. I think sometimes when you, <coughs> you know, you always have to work on yourself every day because you have your own troubles and stress or good moments. And it's like when someone acts out on you, someone in public or someone drives crazy, mm. you just think, you know, you want to re retaliate. Yeah, you, know, you want to take it to them, but actually. What did they go through this morning? Yeah, exactly. And I mean, it takes a strong person to can remind yourself because we're so protective of ourselves and we think on the, the upper level of our emotions. But I think I just want to say that, you know, I mean, with with my father, I think, you know, definitely passed like when my mother and father finally, it was an action. It was, I will, I will not forgive my father. Mm. We've been down this road with him. Um, but the after my mother finally left because it was very toxic then my father became my father 
Mm. He became this loving, compassionate. He never laid a hand on me since. Yeah. Never touched me. And that was like, I was 13, 14. So he was still, I was still small and vulnerable in some capacity. But he ended up being the father that he should have been all along. And I would say I loved him and I, and I still love him very much. I would say, but when I had children, Cuomo, those those fucking emotions came back. I was like, okay, how did this happen? And we can take that. I, I probably said a lot in this podcast that I'll say I'll come back to. But I think what society needs today is, and I, and I love Lena for this, is she, and I, and I hope I say this correctly, she has, a strong man is a calm, loving man. Mm. You know, if you could be, and I think, fuck, that's so true. If you can be calm and loving, that's extremely both sexy, but also very, very good for a, a human person and the male. And uh, I think, but if you're like a dominant, always trying to take your space and prove you're a man and then be loud or 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 physical, that's mm. not good, is it? And then and we, I think one thing is like talking about emotions is that girls need a father that look they can look up to that is a strong, calm man that they also want to be with with someone later. Otherwise, yeah. they, it's I know I'm not a psychologist, but I know that it's it's been proven that often daughters go to those type of people that have been treating, you know, if they've been treated bad or they've seen their mother being treated bad, they go to the same type. Mm. Um, but I think we have a place to say, well, how can we make boys like more soft, talk about their emotions? And I think coming back to, I think jiu-jitsu was a, an amazing foundation. I think sport is extremely important too. It's very important. Yeah. I mean, you never leave a jiu-jitsu class and feel like sitting in the car and road raging <laughs> i mean you get so <laughs> humble Some, someone just squished you and five minutes later after a session someone hoings their car at you and they gives you the finger and you're like all right have a good day because you're just spent with energy or you just said i just choked someone out so it's okay i'm gonna let you yeah. fly i'm not gonna let <laughs> you go on this one <laughs> yeah. yeah i just choked out three people who could have died you got to pass. Yeah. <laughs> Can I uh, change uh, ob uh, what is? Please. Do. I thought we weren't having topics. Please do. Can I change topics? Please do. You can bring yeah. it up a level. I I could talk for this uh, this uh, topic for ages, uh, but the man of the hour, Damien, uh, how come? Uh, what was the desire for like uh, creating your own podcast? Um. Because you're, uh, as we uh, talked about earlier before the the, the podcast, I, I uh, Damien has a a way of speak, which uh, I I told Dennis he has the tongue of gold. We call it the gift of the gab, but I don't think yeah. I have that. Yeah, no, but you're uh, verbal. Yeah, you're verbal and uh, oral. Your thing oral. is, uh, I like, I, I like. I mean. Talk is your thing. Yeah. No, well, it's not my thing. It's your Actually, thing. I, I think. Man, to be honest, uh, I would like. To, that's a word I'm gonna have to say. To be honest, but but I, I would love to be a better listener. Mm. I would love to listen more and talk less. Mm. 
I think I've got better. I mean, you should have met me when I was younger. Fuck me, I talked. Um, but I think it's quite uh, amazing because you can talk about anything for for well, hours, and it, 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 in a way, it's. I mean, it's interesting as well. It's not like you're just talking. Hmm. Well, just let me unpack this a little bit. I think the the podcast. I think if we, I love surrounding myself by good people. Sorry. Yeah, we, we can forget that. And I started with YouTube. But there's many great people coming on there. Yeah, but this is only the test. <laughs> this yeah. is our first and last time. Yeah. You don't need yeah. more guests than this. No. no I, and, and, I, and I feel like I'm putting myself around great people and I want to spend more time with them and listen and i think this is a great format to actually be present i get very distracted um my head can go off in different directions you know you think about something else and uh, when you're listening to someone and i think this is a in this one and a half hours we've spent together just on this podcast i've learned more about you t i knew some things but the fact i could actually sit down and be present in this conversation just okay i'm listening to this dennis is talking frederick's talking. this is this is the aim to be more present when you're putting yourself around great people and, and i want to put myself around amazing people because the only way my life is going to get better is having great people around me i don't need many i think you know the ones i have now i'm extremely happy and the other side is that you know, I, I think this is also a good forum to have fun and, mm. you know, selfishly <laughs> get my friends together, <laughs> you yeah. know. Um, so I'm, uh, I think this is, a, this is a passion that I probably have had inside of me for a while now that I'm finally realizing. Mm. This suits you very well. Yeah, and you yeah. were very open in this, the first podcast, and um, very personal about yourself, right. opening up for the crowd. I think it's important in this day and age that, you know, and is that we are not afraid to be open. We're not, we shouldn't have this facade. I think this facade of, okay, this is what other people should think or see of me. Mm. We should be, I think, I, I can't put an exact age on it, but I would say mid-30s, I finally felt comfortable with who I was. I didn't have to buy more watches to see, oh, this guy's going to see what watch I've got on. He must value me. I'm there now. Yeah. <laughs> Just bought my first one. <laughs> that, that's Damon's fault. Yeah, that. but do it. Uh, Dennis is uh, thinking about buying his first one. Yeah, but but my wife has started studying it again, so I can forget it uh, for a couple of years. You can get a loan. Uh, <laughs> cream is pretty wealthy. Yeah, I'm thinking of selling a kidney if anyone in the crowd wants to buy it. Yeah, 115k. But you two whippersnappers. What are you? Ten years younger than me. Uh, yeah. We're born at the same age. I, I'm slightly older. Yeah. I'm more good looking. Yeah. Yeah. Swedes have. I was talking about this yesterday. Do you Is refer to me as a Swede? Yeah. No, Wednesday. Wednesday. New, new Swede. New Swede. The other yeah. day, I was, I was talking to my daughters about this, and we were talking about age. The Swedish people, 
I'm back in a minute. I need to pee. <laughs> the sweet uh, Frederick has a very small bladder. I need to pee too, but I'll uh, I'll wait it out. The the Swedish people, l- when you say to them, "How old you are?" Yeah, they go, "I'm born in 1988," and I'm like, "God damn it!" You know, my maths was my terror was my worst subject, and I have mm. to start working out. And I don't want to say that. Why can't you just say, oh, "I'm 34"? I don't know. I mean, we in England we say, oh, "I'm 46." Yeah. But it, you know what I mean? I know what I mean, yeah. I mean, I feel here you d- you don't ask people, really, how old they are. Yeah, but if you do ask them, if they still I, yeah. say the same thing, the yeah. year. They probably do, yeah. I don't know why. I don't know why. Um, I feel... <laughs> uh, moving back to jiu-jitsu again, talking to like two, three guys, speaking of age, the last weeks... I thought they were so much younger than me, but they are both older than me. And I was shocked. I was like, how old do I look if I thought they were younger than me? So Sorry, repeat that. They were actually older than you. Yeah. Because in my mind, I'm like still 17. I feel like uh, a primate that uh, can talk, more or less. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I'm coming to my own, so <laughs> I'm, reali- I'm realizing, uh, yeah, I have two daughters. Uh, I- I'm a grown up, but uh, yeah, life passes by so quick, so you don't realize it by yourself. Do you have any regrets up until this stage in life? Um, I mean, I had my first daughter when I was 20. Which is very very early. I mean, I didn't find myself when I was that that uh, that young. So the only thing I, I don't regret having her that young. I mean, it wasn't optimal. Uh, I made the best out of it, but I wish I uh, was a bit more mature when I had her, so I could um, spend the first years of her life. With more quality, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, uh, I was on fraternity leave with her, but my my brain wasn't that evolved, uh, and I didn't have those interests that that I have today. I mean, today I've had, I I would made the best out of, out of it. I mean, I would take her hiking, and uh, yeah. The economy wasn't there also. like So if I look at my friends now that have children um, the same age as, as her when, when they're now in their mid-30s, they have a different economy. So they can, they can like buy trolleys for the bike and they can buy like hiking bags that they can carry their babies and be in the woods. Mm. I mean, that's something that I wish I did in my 20s. But I didn't have the thinking pattern nor the economy to buy those stuff when when I was in my twenties. But uh, I mean, I think me and my wife did the best of the situation. We're still together and still doing our best for the children. So yeah, you have a you have a. I mean, no room. What I'm really. what I'm saying is I, I mean, you you have a beautiful family, and I see. You know, obviously, obviously, you send us clips of your life through WhatsApp, and I see you on Instagram as well. I mean, you have, you know, 
you're out in the woods now mm. a lot of quality time there yeah yeah mm. i mean but but in my 20s i didn't have those interests mm. i mean Dennis, uh, i would yeah. like to have an invite sometime yeah <laughs> <laughs> i need yeah. to get out to the woods yeah you you should be invited yeah i should i mean there's a lot of pressure when damon comes around but uh, when you come around i can relax a bit so <laughs> imagine I never damon go to the woods uh, imagine my fuck's sake I love the woods it would be oh. so I'm, at, I'm at it's me and Bear Grylls oh, you're a tent guy yes me and Bear Grylls so Bear Grylls is fake don't you know that exactly me and Bear Grylls <laughs> <laughs> I, look, I can take a picture in the woods but I'm going to stay in a hotel you know what I would love going to Norway just a hike mm. yeah to the mountains the lakes perfect are you guys gonna go come skiing with me this season? Oh, yeah, at yeah. your new apartment? Yeah. So when is it uh, done? It's finished uh, the sixteenth of December. Uh, is that clear? It's clear. sixteenth. Oh, so uh, uh, maybe so everyone is welcome to Dennis's on yeah, the seventeenth. Sem- so. Maybe February? Mars? Mm. Is that realistic? Well, what's happening between December and February? What do you need to do? I mean, I think we need like two months ahead to plan something out. Yeah, we have so many, you're so popular. Yeah. Does it come with the furniture? Uh, no. Uh, sauna? Yes. Jeez. Sauna? Nah, it's not too big, but it's okay for us. Four um, or five. Is it a naked sauna? If you want. But uh, I love naked sauna. To be serious, uh, how... Um, how this is not is a it? serious podcast. It is uh, 56 square, square meters. meters. And yeah. uh, how many beds? Six. Six beds? Yeah. What is it? And the sauna is 50, I hope. The sauna <laughs> is <laughs> 50. Uh, very petite. It's like two, yeah. three square the meters. The good thing is... Uh, how many people can we squeeze in? Uh, four or five drunk guys, definitely. Mm. Three, three English people. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if they're not in your shape, uh, yeah. Cream, Ginger. Cream, if you are listening. Make sure February you can go up to Ora, spend some time. It was a long time ago. I've seen you. I want to see you guys in skis. Uh, I'm, I'm a good I, skier. I'm yeah. a good skier. I'm, 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 I'm a fucking amazing skier. Yeah? I think you're a dangerous skier. You're a bit like jiu-jitsu. You just throw yourself at someone and think, oh, this is going to work. I know this technique. And then you're like, oh. I don't give a shit. <laughs> no, exactly. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how you get away with it. Anyway, guys, I think we, we've run like an hour and 45 minutes. I think this was an amazing oh, really? first session. Um, I think we're going to have more to come. Are you going to have to uh, have one unfiltered one? You need, you need to watch Joe Rogan and interrupting. You know, he loves being interrupted. Oh, yeah, he hates yeah. that. Oh, he hates it. He really does. Sorry about that. But nah, this has been good. Look, thank you so much for being part of this. And... Can I just wish one thing before uh, we end this? Yes. I would like to do, if we we're going to do a podcast again, I would like to do a fight companion. Not I would if. Like, uh, we're what gonna, does that mean? Fight we're going to watch a UFC uh, fight live. Yeah, live yep. And then, then we're going to watch it and uh, talk about it mm. as it happens. Absolutely. This, this, is, this podcast, sky's limit. This is your podcast as much as it's mine. Yeah, I want part of the revenue. And next time I want uh, another microphone. This microphone's good. Oh, it's All right it's guys, I want to say thank you so much and first of all your English was fucking amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Swing English. No. Uh, mine is not very good. 
Very good. I'm trying. The biggest surprise from this podcast was that you are one third German, which I can't <laughs> quite get over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to go, um, oh, that's a good, huh? That you like. <laughs> shout out to Damien. No, this is us. This is for us. Thank you so much for listening. And we're going to go and wreck the town tonight. Love you. All right. Take care. Thanks for th everything. Take care. Bye. Bye. Bye.